Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast and being a part of our church family here at New Hope. Our senior pastor, Dr. Benji Kelly, is currently leading us through the entire Bible in a series called The Story. Now here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. Hope you guys are doing great today. How's everybody? Who's got your mom with you in the house at any of our campuses? Who wants to show some honor and love to our mothers today? Happy Mother's Day at all of our campuses. Listen to me, moms, before we, before we clap. Well done. Well done. If I know anything about moms, I know that many of you beat yourself up because you want to be perfect. There is no perfect. And we have some of the best moms on the planet right here at New Hope Church. One, two, three, all of our campuses. Give it up for the moms. Happy Mother's Day, mothers. Happy Mother's Day, Amy Lynn. You guys are some of the most amazing moms on the planet. I so honor you. I so respect you. I dressed up for you. Like if you're new here, like this is not normal. Don't get used to it. But um, hey, seriously, happy Mother's Day. Hey, before we get into the word today, I want to tell you about a conversation I had with somebody on the phone this week. He's actually one of my heroes. He's a new hoper. His name is Dennis LaRue. And he and his wife, seriously, are two of the most godly people I know on this planet. He runs a Christian camp. It is unbelievable. And they're just, they're just unbelievable people. They serve in Hope Town. They bounce babies. They serve. They love. They do anything. They, they built the steps for this stage. I mean, Dennis, I just love this couple. And he called me this week, and we were talking on the phone. And before he, wanted to, before he got to the conversation he wanted to talk about, he just wanted to let me know how much uh, my teaching meant to him. And this is not about my teaching. Hold tight, because I'll tell you what, where he went. And he just, just kind of went on and on. And, 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 and then he goes, but i got to tell you something, Pastor Benji. He said, any teaching I've ever been under my entire life, I always get something out of it. And I said, tell me more. He said, well, I, I realized a long time ago that if I will just pray on the way to church... And I will just ask God to speak to me. Regardless of the teacher, there's something there for me to get out of it. He goes, I've discovered that God always speaks to me. And then he said this. Then he quoted that amazing verse from Isaiah. Where the Bible says, God's word will not come back void. If you speak my word, God says, it will not come back void. And I, I just got to thinking after I hung up the phone, I thought, man, what if everybody, what if everybody came to all of our campuses and on the way to church, they prayed that God would speak to them out of whoever is preaching? I mean, I often humble myself and remind myself that if God could speak through an ass in the Old Testament. If he can do that, he can speak through this mug. You know what I'm saying? And, and I thought, what if everybody came to church that way, man? And, and then, I, then I had this thought. Well, why don't you just read that verse this weekend before you preach? Just let everybody read the word together. And I know you just sat down. I know. But God's word is worthy of us standing and honoring would you stand, and at all of our campuses, I want us to read out loud this amazing passage of Scripture from Isaiah. Here we go. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Oh, I love that. Let's continue. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Let's continue. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower 
and bread for the eater. You guys sound amazing. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Come on now. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. God, we're listening. Speak. We believe that when your word is proclaimed, it will not come back void. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and fill with them. Take our lives and breathe in and through them. Lord Jesus, take my lips and speak through them. For if you do not speak today, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. And the people of God said together, Amen. Amen. Yeah, praise his name. Praise his name. You can be seated. It's going to be a good day. Open up your binders. Come on, come on. Open it up. Throw those teaching notes in there. You can wait till later and throw them in there. What a bam, shut it down. How many of you did your homework and read chapter 5? How many of you were in the parking lot cramming before you came in? Huh? Hold up your storybook. Hold it up, all the campuses. I believe in the Word of God. I believe it will not come back void. Speak to us, we pray. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, one of the reasons I'm so excited about this series is that I'm hoping that from reading the Bible in a chronological narrative way, you will actually start to connect dots along the way. That is the power of this series. You will actually start to see the way in which individual biblical stories that you've always loved are connected to a meta-narrative that God is bringing forth for his people in the Bible. There's something powerful about reading it in this chronological way. And so if you just think about where we've been thus far, we started with creation. God created Mankind fell short, and God covers their sin, and then God starts to build a nation, remember? And then we talked about Joseph and Moses, and today we're starting to talk about the new commands and the new covenant that God starts to bring forth for his people. But here's a, here's a case in point about the way in which I hope you start to connect the dots. Maybe you've never thought about, why in the world did God's people go to Egypt? Well... There was a famine. And when people are hungry, they do crazy stuff. And so they, they went to Egypt, and they were in bondage, and you know all that. And then Moses comes along, and we get to the chapter today, and we basically title this part of the series, Let My People Go. Everybody say that with me. Let my people go. One more time. Let my people go. God passed over the house. You might remember, put blood on the frames of the house. Covered them once again, by the way. In the creation story, he covered them by shedding the first blood on planet Earth. Took the skin and covered their nakedness and their shame. Then he covers them again with blood over the door frame. And God's building this nation. And three months later, everybody say three months. Three months later, we get to pick up the story on Mount Sinai. Where God starts to... Create the people. He starts to give them some guidelines. He starts to give them some house rules, if you will. God says, you will not go by yourself. I'm going to deliver you, but you will not go by yourself. I'm going to go with you. Now, guys, we say that and we go, yeah, okay, God goes, no, no, no. That was revolutionary. That concept was more than they could even Imagine, I mean, it blew their minds. God will go with us. Here's the main point for the day. I want you to write this down. It's in your teaching notes. Write this down. More than interacting with you, hello. More than being near you, hello. God desires to live in you. Oh, my word. 
I love how everybody's just heads down. You're writing, you're learning, you're studying this series. I'm so proud of you. It's on the screens. Why don't we say it out loud together? Ready? Go. More than interacting with you, more than being near you, God desires to live. Now think about that. Let that settle in. God desires to live in you. Not the person beside you. Well, yeah, them too, but, but you. <laughs> and the first step God is going to take toward the people when he says, I want to go with you. You're not going alone. I'm going to be with you. The first thing God starts to communicate is that I'm going to set up some guidelines. I'm going to set up some rules. It's my house. And I'm going to come up with some house rules. Two things I want to talk to you about today. First is my people will need a blueprint to follow. Hello. My people will need a blueprint to follow. And secondly, my spirit is going to need a place to dwell. My spirit is going to need a place to dwell. So let's go get this today, church. Here's the first one. Here's the first one. Write it in. A blueprint for God's people to follow. So God invites Moses up on Mount Sinai where he's going to verbalize the Ten Commandments. Now God is great. Amen? God is powerful. Amen? A word that we overly use and we really should only use it for God. We learned that in the Nehemiah series. God is awesome. Amen? And God is going to Take Moses up a mountain, and he's going to speak to him and give him the house rules for the people of God. So if you got your storybooks, go ahead and open to page 61. Page 61. Won't be on the screens. I want to kind of refer you to the book often. If you don't have this book at any of our campuses, we have plenty of copies. Go outside to the resource center when we're over. Get you a binder. This is a bucket list thing. We're in an eight-month series studying the entire Word of God. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. This is the top of page 61. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us or we will what? Those of you have in front of you. We will die. They're like, God is too awesome. It is, it's incomprehensible to imagine that he really wants to live with me. But if he's going to speak to us, Moses, you go up there. You get the word. Don't let God speak to us. Because if God speaks to us, we will surely die. And so Moses goes up the mountain. And he goes up to get the commandments. Now, many of you have been around quite a while. And you've seen some of these television shows that tried to demonstrate what happened that day on the mountain. Some are good, some are bad, some are cheesy. But have you ever thought, well, I wonder if it was really Ten Commandments. I mean, Moses was the kind of guy, I mean, remember he came down, we'll get to this in a moment. He gets down, they're living in sin, and what does he do? Bam! Throws the tablets down. Maybe, maybe there weren't ten in the beginning. Maybe you've seen this. Most of you probably have not. If I live to be 100, I will think this is absolutely hilarious. Check it out. Moses, this is the Lord thy God commanding you to obey my law. Do you hear me? Yes, I hear you, I hear you. Deaf man could hear you. What? Nothing. Uh, go on, Jeff. Forget it. Oh, Lord! Why have you chosen me? What would you have me do for you? I shall give you my laws, and you shall take them unto the people. Yes, Lord! <laughs> Lord, I shall give these laws unto thy people. Hear me, oh, hear me, all 
all pay heed. The Lord, the Lord Jehovah, has given unto you these 15. Ten, ten commandments for all to obey. If you don't think that's funny, because church people, man, church people can struggle with a sense of humor. Some of you are so stiff, man, you like, I don't know, you, you start your underwear. I, I don't care who you are, that right there is funny. <laughs> Come on now, you got to lighten up a little bit. Stop taking yourself too seriously. We take God seriously, amen? But we, we don't take ourselves. That's just funny right there. And so Moses... <laughs> Moses comes down, man, and he's got, he's got the Ten Commandments. And it's, it's kind of scary awesome. I mean, I know a lot of you didn't come to church today going, whoa, I want to give me some more commandments. Need some more rules in my life. But, but maybe that's because we don't really understand the commandments. These are some of the most gracious governing guidelines that we could ever have as God is trying to set up a people who are set apart in the world. This is not God being some cosmic killjoy. This is God saying, hey, it's my house. And if you want to be in my house, I'm going to set up some house rules. And here they are. Here they are. Here they are. You shall have no other gods before me. Write these down if you don't have them in front of you. you want, these are, these are, this is the Big Ten. Might have been 15. I don't know, but this is the Big Ten. This is what God left us. You shall have no other gods before me. I want you to read them out loud with me. You shall not make any idols to worship. Got any idols in your life these days? We're going to talk about that a little bit today. You shall not misuse my name. It's not just the one that we cringe at, right? But it's how you use God's name on a regular basis. You shall remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Amen. How you doing on that one? Hey, by the way, if God rested, if you read the creation story, we covered that weeks ago. If God rested, you can surely rest. You're not that important. Trust me, you can take a break. And when you do, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. The world keeps spinning. And, and, and he still holds the world in the palm of his hand without you. T- take a break. Rest. Now, here's what you need to know. Write this down. This is so important. Some of you have never realized this before. As you study the commandments, the first four commandments are all about our relationship with God. They're all about our relationship with God. The first four commandments are all, if you will, vertical. They're about you and they're about God. And they're about how you interact with God. Okay? They're all about our relationship with God. Let me throw them back up there just so you can see. You have no other gods before me, right? Don't you dare put something else before God. This was God's way of saying, you shall have no New taxes. No, 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 I'm sorry. You shall have no other gods. You shall not make any idols to worship. You shall not misuse my name. You shall remember the sad. They're all about your relationship with God. Now watch this. Write this down. The last six commandments are all about our relationships with each other. I just think that's absolutely fascinating the way it breaks down like that. First four, they're about what? Our relationship with God. Once you get your relationship with God straight... Then you're able to interact and live at peace with other people. Can I get an amen? The last six are about our relationships with each other. Let's look at those. Honor your father and mother. Isn't it cool that we're looking at that verse today on Mother's Day? Honor your mother today. You say, well, she did this and she didn't do that. Honor your mother today. You shall not murder. Self-explanatory. <laughs> you shall not commit adultery. You 
shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery. I'm just following the Spirit up here. Some of you needed to hear that three times. And the Holy Spirit just, I talked about the Spirit and it just blew my notes over. Just to let us know that He is up in here. Can I get an amen? amen. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. You shall not covet. So they say, they say, Moses, we don't want God to speak to us. If he does, we're going to die. So you go talk to God. Moses comes down, he delivers the Ten Commandments. You know what the people say? You're not going to believe this. <laughs> they said, everything the Lord said, we will do. Yeah, right. <laughs> everything the Lord has said, we will do. I want that to sink in deep. Won't you read that? Ready? Go. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. One more time. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. We're in it, God. We're all in. I was at the baseball field the other night. Um, there's this beautiful family that my family knows because we've grown up with them. Their kids play baseball with our kids. It's the Hanson family. And uh, Tyler plays high school baseball with my son, Benjamin. And Evan plays Little League baseball on the team that I coach with, Joshua. And so we're at the baseball field the other night. We're watching the high school baseball game. I'm not coaching. Benjamin and Tyler are playing the high school game. But the Hansons are right in front of me. And they not only have Tyler and Evan, but they have this beautiful, beautiful little girl. And uh, she's running around having a ball. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, she runs up to mommy. And there's just a few rows in front of me on the bleachers, so I hear all this going down. And she goes, mommy, 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 tomorrow's yes day. And, and, and Miss Hanson, she's a kind of a quiet, real, they're a godly couple. They, they love the Lord. And you can tell she's trying not to make a big deal. So she, she whispers to her daughter, honey, what is yes day? She goes, oh, that's easy, that's easy. Tomorrow is yes day. What that means is whatever we children ask for, mommy and daddy has to say yes. <laughs> See, they're, they're saying, they're saying, hey, God, we're all in. Everything you say, we will do. That lasts about that long. Because they were just like the little Hanson girl. God, just, just say yes to whatever we want to do and God says no 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 I'm setting up some house rules if you want to be my people you don't have to be but if you want to be my people here are some house rules and like any good parent all parents up in here or at any of the campuses all of you have said this in one way shape or form if you are going to live in my house you better obey my rules. You see that? See that? And God is like, hey, man, hey, 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 hey. That, that earth you're living on, I created that. That's mine. That mountain right beside you that you saw the smoke billowing off of and Moses, when I, get, I, I made that mountain. That, that body that's housing you right now, I gave you that. The very air and oxygen that you're sucking up in your nostrils right now, I gave you. And if you want to be my people, there are some house rules. And God lays it down. And wouldn't you know it, just as quickly as God lays it down, Moses comes down the mountain. And the people, oh my Lord, the same people that said, God, whatever you say, we will do. The same people have said, forget you, God. And they are partying like it's 1999. <laughs> or 1446 B.C. And it all goes, listen to this, guys, guys. 
God had just gave them the first two commandments and they're already breaking them. I mean, think about that. And Moses comes down and he sees the party. And Moses does what no human being had ever done before and no human being had ever done since. He broke all ten commandments in one second. Bam! Throws them down and breaks them. Then Moses kind of melts it all. Did you get this? You get, and, and makes them drink the gold metallic formula. Moms, it was kind of like washing your children's mouth out with soap. Just as soon as it comes their way, the impatience set in and they start to party. Church, this was, this was no small party. This was Woodstock on steroids for those of you who are old enough to remember. This is why... We call them the children of Israel, by the way, because they're acting like four-year-olds. God gives them the commands, and just as soon as they get them, their impatience grows, and they go astray. Look at verse, or page 65 and 66. I love this part of the story because Moses comes down and he gets hacked off. He breaks the commandments, but then he has this conversation with Aaron that is absolutely hilarious. And I want you to just pick up on the childlike nature of it all. Aaron, what are you doing? Aaron says, so I told them, hey, 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 check it out. Come on. If anyone has any gold jewelry, just take it off. And, and Moses, you're not going to believe it. Then they gave me their gold, and I threw it into the fire, and bam! <laughs> it sounds like a little six-year-old that you bust doing something, and they just start making, bam! It just out, Moses, you're not going to believe it. Out came a calf. <laughs> if you're a note-taker, write this down. All our idols are wrapped up in rationalizations and excuses. Did you get that? All of our idols are wrapped up in rationalizations and excuses. As soon as I brought up the word idol, I'm guessing that something popped into your mind. What, what's your idol? What is it that you struggle with? I dare say, I don't think it's a stretch to say that in the 21st century Western world of the United States of America, we would be a culture more prone to struggle with idol worship than any culture has ever walked planet Earth. What's, what's your idol? By the way, I believe this is one of the reasons why God makes it clear that we are to honor God with our finances. I believe this is one of the reasons why God says, right off the top, I want you to honor me with your tithe, 10% of your income, because you are a factory of idol worship. I think it was John Calvin who actually called the human heart a factory for idol worship. All of our idols are wrapped up in rationalizations. You know why? Because we have a tendency to forget God, do we not? I don't know if you've ever read this verse, but you wouldn't think of this verse in light of Exodus. But look at this, Psalm 106. Come on, out, out loud, all of our campuses. Ready? Go. They worship the golden calf because they... Because they what? And for thousands and thousands of years, we've all had this proclivity for forgetting God and worshiping our stuff. We become a factory of idol worship, which is why Paul would say in 1 Corinthians, therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I can't emphasize the strength of that word in the Greek right there. Therefore, my dear friends, flee! Run! Run, Forrest, run! 
from idolatry. Because it's so deceptive. I want to end today with giving you a Ten Commandment test. How about a test? Any college students up this early? College, high school students, they're always taking tests. Some of you thought you were done with tests when you graduated from college. Forget about it. I want to give, I want to give you a Ten Commandment test today. And I want you to just be honest with yourself. Okay, this is just between you and God. Just be honest. And every time we get to a commandment that you have, you have always kept, check it. And then maybe do two margins. And then maybe on the other side, check those that you have, you have failed miserably at. Or maybe you just failed once. Ten commandment test. Everybody say, test me, pastor. That was very enthusiastic. <laughs> Like, dude, you don't even come to, te- come to church for a test is bad enough, but then you're going to give me a Ten Commandment test? Yeah. <laughs> you shall have no other gods before me. If you've always put God first in your life, always, you've never put anything above God, just check that one as, yeah, I've done that. Got it. Aced it. I want to meet you after the service, by the way. (laughs) You shall not make any graven images or idols. So if you're here today and you've never put, you've never bowed down, if you will, and worshipped or idolized things like cars or money or homes or children, just check that one. Or not. You shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Have you ever used the name of God or the name of Jesus in a way that was not honoring and honorable? Have you ever sung a worship song without paying attention to the content? Fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. If you're here and you've always kept the Sabbath day holy, check that one positive, bam. But if you haven't, put that over in the negative column. Honor your father and your mother. Have you always honored your mother and father even when you were a kid? I just saw a lot of heads go. Be honest, be honest, be honest. Thou shalt not kill. I would like to think at all of our campuses, right? But, but y'all don't let me finish. Y'all laughing too soon. Like, I would like to think that, that there's no murderers up in here. But that would probably be wishful thinking. And and by the way, I'm not going New Testament. I could go New Testament because Jesus then heightens things, right? Jesus then says, oh, yeah, by the way, if you just hate your brother, that's like murdering him. But I'll give you some grace today. We'll stay in the Old Testament. (laughs) Thou shalt not commit adultery. Again, Jesus says in the New Testament, even if you just lust after a person, you've committed. Some of you are like, "I, I don't. I don't, I don't like the New Testament. I mean, I don't like the Old Testament. I don't, I don't like the Old Testament because it's, it's, all, it's all law. I just want, I want to live in the New Testament. I, I like grace. Oh. Beloved. Here's your assignment for the next three months. Buy you a Bible that has Jesus' words in red letters. And read the red letters. Yes, he was full of grace, but often Jesus would take the lex talionis, which is the Old Testament law. He would take the lex talionis and he would up the ante. And by the time Jesus is done, you're like, oh, give me Old Testament. (laughs) Right? Right. So if, if you've never committed adultery, praise God. Check that. I got it. If you have, just be honest with God. 
Thou shalt not steal. Have you ever stolen anything? Have you ever got a water cup at the restaurant? That was, that was not in my notes, man, but I was just like, have you ever got a water cup and you, you, you go to get water and there's Dr. Pepper right beside it, man? <laughs> the reason I can tell that is because I have and, <laughs> and I really, really try hard not to. And on my good days, I don't. I don't do it. On my bad days, I fill it up 90% with water, and then I throw a splash of lemonade up in there. <laughs> Thou shalt not lie. If you've never told a lie, ever. And remember April 15th. If you've never told a lie, mark that. Say, I got it. Never lied. But if you've told any lies, white lies, whatever, thou shalt not covet. If you've never, ever coveted anything, if you've never been jealous of anyone or their body or their looks or a possession or a car or a piece of jewelry or a job or a mate, just check that one as I got it. Now, show of hands. How many of you can say, show of hands. I mean, I, this is the good part. This, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. How many of you say, I've followed all ten commandments. Raise your hand. Wow. Not a single person. All right, let's go. How many of you can say, I've followed Nine commandments on the count of three. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Pop them up. All right, eight, eight. How many of you say, I've followed eight commandments my entire life on the count of three. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Y'all a bunch of wicked people. I calculated that to the best of my interpretation, I've kept three, 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 three. I've never made a graven image. And the other two is none of your business. <laughs> Here's my point. The law, the law is there to help us see how much we need God. The law, Paul would say in Romans 3.20, out loud, really strong, all of our campuses go, therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of... Conscious of what? Do you see? The law is there, number one, to create a distinctive community that stands out from the world. But the law is there to let us know that we are sinners. And therefore, we need a Savior. The law, listen, is like a mirror. Like, how many of you went to the mirror this morning? You woke up, and you looked in the mirror, and you thought, Ah! <laughs> Hair, noses popping out your ears and your nose. and Ladies, you don't have makeup on yet unless you slept in it. And, and now how many of you looked at the mirror and you saw who you are in your mere mortality? But how many of you then took the mirror off the wall and used it to make yourself look better? 
Oh, I'll take that mirror and shave right here. I'll take that mirror and wipe some... Ma- no, 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 no. The, the law doesn't make you better. The law is the mirror that enables us to look into the mirror and see who we really are and how much we need Almighty God. So the Bible would say this, do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a what? The law helps us see how much we need God and how much God loves us and longs to create a community. One more time, I said this in the beginning, but I just want to repeat it. More than interacting with you, more than being near you, God desires to what, church? Live in you. Here's the second thing, and this, this is going to be a, a, just a wrap-up. First one was the big one. The commandments are God's way of giving us a blueprint. A what, church? For how God's people are to live. We will never fulfill the law. We are to strive to fulfill the law. But when we fall short, we have one who helps us out. We have one who forgives us. We are sinners. We need a Savior. Here's the second thing, though, a place for God's Spirit to dwell. What God is saying to us in this part of Scripture is that God is creating, God is designing a place for His Spirit to dwell. Dwell. Look on page 63. It's Exodus 25, 8 and 9 of 63. Let's read it out loud. Ready? Go. Then have them make a for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. Now, for those of you who just can't learn enough and you just want to know things about the Bible, the tabernacle was a big chest. It was four feet long, 2.5 feet wide. It was where God's presence Dwelt. It was the tabernacle. So, so God says, hey, I'm going to dwell there and make it just after the pattern I've shown you. And where do you think God said to put the tabernacle? He could have said put it up on a mountain. He could have said put it on the outskirts of town. If you read your Bible, you know that God says put it smack dab in the middle of my people. Now listen to me. I thought about this this week. This is so powerful when it comes to multi-site and all of the campuses. One of the most powerful things about the multi-site model that we have here, one church, many locations, is that the multi-site model enables us to launch campuses in communities and in cities right smack dab in the middle of those towns, cities, and communities so that people can experience the presence of God. So God is reminding them early on, I'm going to dwell with my people. I'm going to live with them. More than interacting with you, more than being near you, God desires to do what, church? Live in you. So here's my question for you today. Have you invited him to tabernacle inside of you. Because I want to give an invitation today. I knew coming here this morning I was going to give an invitation. And I want to give a very clear invitation. Some of you are here and you took the Ten Commandments test and you're like, man, I need to ask for forgiveness. That's, we're going to do that, but that's not the invitation. That's rededication. But some of you are here today, and I want to be very clear today. Oftentimes, hands pop up, and it's awesome, but like a lot of those are rededications. Maybe you're here today at any of our campuses, and God has clearly communicated to you today that He wants to dwell inside of you. He wants to live in you, but you've never opened up your heart and let Him do so. This is like truly first-time salvation. 
And if you're here today and you don't know Christ, when I said earlier, we are sinners and we need a Savior, we are sinners, listen to me, and Jesus Christ is the Savior. The law was creating a distinctive people, being the mirror to show us how much we needed a Savior. And thousands of years later, that's exactly what God delivered. Do you know Him? Have you opened up your heart and life and invited Jesus Christ in to tabernacle with you, to dwell with you, to be your Savior? If you've never done that, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right here, right now. If you're a believer, this is when you should pray like crazy, right here right now let's all bow our heads close our eyes God loves you more than you could ever even begin to imagine today more than interacting with you more than even being near you God wants to live inside of you why would you let a relationship, why would you let a hobby, why would you allow a paycheck or friendship or family members or just life in general keep you from experiencing the Savior of the world whose presence wants to dwell not only around you but inside of you? The Bible says in Galatians, if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Christ died for you. He shed his blood for you. And the Bible says he stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. And that if you will open your heart to him, he will actually come in and tabernacle with you. Come in and dwell with you. Come in and live inside of you. If you desire that today and you know it, your heart is beating, your palms might be sweating, but you realize that kingdoms are clashing right now and you realize something eternal, something good, something beautiful is about to happen in your soul. A soul shift is about to occur as you ask Jesus into your heart. If that's you on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to be ashamed. All heads are bowed, eyes are closed. But something happens when we lift our hands to God. I can also pray for you more clearly, and folks at the campuses can pray for you more clearly. This is first time salvation. This is, I want to receive Christ. I want to, I want to be a child of God, born again. I want Jesus to live in me. Number one, God sent his commandments to you that you might know how to live your life. Number two, he ultimately sent his son Jesus to be your savior, because whether you like it or not, you are a sinner, and you need a savior, just like me. And three, God raised that son, Jesus, after he died on a cross and shed his blood for you. The father raised him to new life that you might be forgiven and live forever. If that's you and you want to receive Christ, just raise your hand right where you are. Just lift it up high. Lift it up high. I see you, man. Praise God for you. Lift it up high. Don't be ashamed. I see you. Wow. I see you four folks right here in this section. I see you way back there in the back, ma'am. Balcony, you're always in this. Campuses, you're always in this. There are no spectators here. We are all worshiping God. By faith, I believe there are folks at the campuses, hands raised. I'm sure God sees you. Others see you. Just keep them up. Father, I pray for these folks. If that's you, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. As I look at these commandments, they have, they have done exactly what? I heard today that they're supposed to do. They are a mirror to show me who I am and what I need. Come into my life. I want to be a child of God. I want to be a Christian. I want to follow you from this day forward by the power of the Holy Spirit in me. I am a sinner. I need you to forgive me and be my Savior. Now, maybe you're here today and you just need to confess sin. You're a believer. You came to this church. You, you know Christ already. 
But I believe one of the most powerful and important things we can do each and every Sunday is confess our sins. Better yet, confess them when we fall short of the glory of God. But maybe you're here today and something stirred up inside of you and you need grace upon grace upon grace. Why don't you just pray to God right now without me talking? Just confess your sins. Plead the blood of Jesus. Tell him you're a sinner. And you need him to be your savior. And then name those sins and repent of those sins. Forgive us, Lord. We not only ask you to forgive us, we, we repent. We turn from our sins. We move towards you. Forgive us. We pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who taught us all to pray together at all of our campuses out loud, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. And the power. And the glory. Forever and ever. Amen. People just accepted Christ. Throughout the church today. Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. Hey, 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 listen. Believers just confess their sin and, and walk toward Christ. That's something to celebrate as well. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Campuses, we love you. I'm going to turn it back over to your campus pastors and your worship leaders. God bless you, folks. We are praying praying, praying for you, and count it a joy to partner with you in your city that God might tabernacle with you there to the glory and the honor of Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for being a part of this week's podcast. If you have any prayer requests or praises, we'd love to hear from you. Just email our pastors and staff at prayers at newhopenc.org, and we would love to pray for you. If you'd like to support the ministries of New Hope, just stop by one of our campuses or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. We hope you'll join us next week for the podcast. And thanks for being a part of our church family.